Hello and welcome to the Brighter Dawn podcast. I'm Delene Rayburn. Merry Christmas. Uh, so I'm so aware we all arrive at the Christmas season for better or worse with the ghosts of our Christmases past. And I'll be honest with you, I've had some wonderful Christmases over the decades of my life. Wonderful Christmases when, when things went my way. Um, a few years ago, we, we got to spend a, a Christmas in Canada with friends. We're from sub-Saharan Africa. We'd never experienced a, a Northern Hemisphere Christmas. And it snowed on Christmas Day all day. We walked along the shores of Lake Superior in the snow. It was like we were in Narnia. I mean, it was just perfect. Um, and I've had disappointing Christmases when, when things didn't go my way. When I was a kid, I remember one year my dad's appendix burst a day or two before Christmas and he was in hospital, totally rocked my Christmas boat. My mom managed to rescue Christmas, but but you know what I mean? You, you've probably also had some marvelous Christmases and some Christmases that, I don't know, left you with, with PTSD from all the, the family tension. Uh, Christmases when perhaps we didn't get the gift we wanted because sometimes we are that shallow. Christmases when our expectations weren't met. Like maybe you'd pictured how your kids would react to their gifts and they were going to say, oh, you're the best parents on planet Earth. And, and, and they were just actually a little bit underwhelmed by their gifts. Um, or maybe you pictured bringing out the flaming Christmas pudding and everyone would say, oh my word, you are a domestic goddess. But instead the tablecloth caught fire. And we all know Christmas is an intense time of year. Christmas can magnify things. Feelings are bigger at Christmas. If you love someone, you really love them at Christmas. If someone irritates you, they really irritate you at Christmas, right? At, you know, if at every other time of the year, you're inconvenienced by traffic or queues or a schedule that somehow you overcommitted to. You're really inconvenienced by those things around Christmas. In fact, you can end up being of the opinion that Christmas as an annual concept is really inconvenient. But here's the thing, and this is the whole episode in a tweet. Christmas is about love. Mostly, love is inconvenient. Always, love is worth it. So, so let's think about love for a moment. The best definition of love I've ever heard is this. Love is a compassionate commitment to delight in the soul of another and to will that person's good ahead of your own, no matter the cost to yourself. So when you've got a colicky baby and you haven't slept in weeks, or except, you know, yesterday you closed your eyes briefly when you sneezed, but, but like that's about it. But your baby cries again and you go to her. That's your compassionate commitment to delight in her soul and to will her good ahead of your own, no matter the cost to yourself. It's inconvenient. It's love. Or when Netflix asks who's watching and your husband has the remote and you know he wants to watch anything with guns and bombs and car chases, but he clicks on your name and starts scrolling through the Christmas movies. That's his compassionate commitment to delight in your soul and to will your good ahead of his own, no matter the cost to himself. Although, to be fair, he may be thinking that there will be a reward of sorts later. Uh, when you give the biggest crispiest roast potato on Christmas Day to your teenage son, even though you'd quite like it yourself. That's your compassionate commitment to delight in his soul and to will his good ahead of your own, no matter the cost to yourself. 
And think about it, mostly people don't need us at a time we've penciled in because it suits us. You know, you can't say to your friend or your housemate, oh, so listen, if your car is going to break down this week, I'm free between two and three on Saturday afternoon to come and pick you up on the side of the motorway. You know, if you could just need me then, I've got a gap to show you some love, right? Love is often inconvenient because it requires of us to put ourselves second or third or fourth or last. Love is us getting out of the way so we can say to someone, I want to do all I can to see you become all you're meant to be. I mean, that's how we'd love to be loved this Christmas, isn't it? And every other day of the year. So just imagine what would happen in homes across the world if we all started saying, I'm dreaming of an inconvenient Christmas. And it sounds ridiculous. I know, like who wants to be inconvenienced in a season of festivity and celebration? What even is that? But just imagine how it would take the tension out of Christmas if we let go of a bunch of our expectations and decided just to be grateful, not sulking martyrs, not resigned, not passive, not passive aggressive, but actively front-footedly grateful, excited to look for ways to make other people's Christmas dreams come true. Imagine the the simple stress-free Christmas season we'd enjoy and how that kind of love might spill over into a new year. I don't know, I've started dreaming of a, a beautifully inconvenient, really happy Christmas. Except I know you're thinking, oh, if you knew what I had to deal with every Christmas, you know, if you knew my mother-in-law, I'll tell you about inconvenient. And you're absolutely right. I don't know your story or your Christmas dreams, your hopes and fears of all the years. But I believe God does. I believe he's been at all your Christmases. But it's possible you're still not buying this idea. And I get it. You're, you're not necessarily interested in an inconvenient Christmas. Okay, so don't worry about your inconvenient Christmas. But maybe think about someone else's and the implications of that someone's inconvenience. If you consider yourself to be an open-minded person, then, then Christmas is as good a time as any to hold space for two ideas. Either there is no God and we're alone in the universe, right? That's one option. Or he's with us and there's hope. And well, if God is real and if his son Jesus Christ really did break into darkness with blazing light to change history and human destiny forever, if that's true, then Jesus was profoundly inconvenienced that very first Christmas. So John was a friend and follower of Jesus. He wrote part of the New Testament and he explains that Jesus is God. He's existed since eternity past. Everything was created by him. And then he came into this world that he'd created. He, he became human and made his home among us and he was full of unfailing love. And I just think it's staggering that Jesus, who created language and communication, right? He spoke out the universe. John actually calls him the word. He was confined to the silence of a woman's womb. For nine months, he didn't say a word. He also didn't exit the womb speaking in full sentences. He was fully God, but he chose also to be fully human and fully inconvenienced for our sakes. So it's this crazy thing that God didn't just become a man, he became a baby. And before that, a microscopic handful of cells inside the uterus of an unmarried teenage girl. I mean, gosh, Mary and Joseph also had a seriously inconvenient Christmas. The wise men too really inconvenienced themselves. They spent a lot of time, a lot of money on Jesus. They, they traveled far. They gave him gold 
they gave him frankincense and then they were like but wait there's myrrh you're welcome and and sorry i just i had to slip that in anyway i don't know this this just always brings a bit of perspective for me when when i feel inconvenienced because waitrose doesn't have the christmas crackers i really wanted that would have matched the serviettes perfectly like my life is so hard can i just catch a break and i'm i'm being facetious i know we all face far bigger inconveniences than that um, but just a, another last Christmassy thought while we're dreaming of an inconvenient Christmas. So Jesus is God and God makes trees grow because he's holding together every atom in the universe. That means it was Jesus who seeded some trees in Israel more than 2000 years ago using birds or wind pollination, I don't know. And he caused them to grow with sunlight and soil and water, all of which he made too. And he knew because he knows everything and he's everywhere all the time. He knew which tree would be carved into the manger he would lie in minutes after his birth. He knew which tree would be chopped down and hacked into the cross upon which he would die a very inconvenient death. And he made those trees anyway because he was passionately committed to delighting in your soul, willing your good ahead of his own, no matter the cost to himself. So whether or not you're into Christmas trees, maybe every Christmas tree you see over what's left of the season, maybe you could allow it to remind you that really Christmas is about love, that's all. For God so loved the world that he sent his son, it's, it's why we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is about love, mostly love is inconvenient and always, always love is worth it. And perhaps we'll change our streets and our cities and ultimately the world if we start dreaming of a wonderfully inconvenient, very Merry Christmas.